0: standing next to you your family. and to me there's nothing more important not gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride welcome back everybody to episode 29 of meet us at molly's my name is bryna i'm one of your hosts with me as always is gina Hello! And Ashley. Hi. And we are here to talk about Chicago Fire Season 6, Episode 7, titled A Man's Legacy. And finally, guys, Chicago Fire is back. It's only been like 10 million bajillion years since they went off air. I mean, what? They went off air the first week of November. I think so, yeah. It's been, and we're in the first week of January, it's been forever and a half it really has it's yeah it's kind of insane um but finally they're back but before we get into breaking the episode down by storyline as always um we're going to talk a little bit of news um the only really bit of news we have relating kind of to Chicago Fire is we got the episode description for 609 so Ashley why don't you talk about that uh, after learning unsettling news, Dawson enlisted Severi to help her out, and Casey and Dawson struggle with communication issues while Brett and Kidd compete to win over the heart of Zack, a hazmat officer, and Otis, Herman, and Mouch are on a mission to locate the source of a, of a horrible stench that is making life unpleasant at Firehouse 51. Yeah, and I guess um, kind of the funny thing that we saw on Twitter, uh, when we saw this episode description, the person who posted it, um, someone named Hamida, um, in reference to this um, kind of horrible stench, they kind of joked and they were like, R.I.P. Mr. Sprinkles. Um, (laughs) Who knows what this um, horrible stench is, but let's hope it's not a dead, what is Mr. Sprinkles, a guinea pig, a hamster?
1: He's a guinea pig, yeah, Yeah. don't say hamster or fire Twitter, will go crazy.
0: My bad. Guinea pig. <laughs> um, but let's hope we don't find a dead guinea pig body and hope that's not it. But um, it should be an interesting episode. I mean, Casey and Dawson struggling with communication issues, that's never good. Um, I'm really curious to see, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen 607, then I don't know why you're listening to this, but we kind of saw Brettonio start to come back together or whatever. So... The fact that Brett, two episodes from now, is competing with Kid to win the heart of some guy, doesn't seem that good for Brett Tonio. But I guess we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, should be an interesting episode. Um,
1: I'm so here for Dawson and Severide working together. I love those two. <gasps>
0: yeah, what a bro TP.
1: For real, right? What a, arson twins for life?
0: What a bro TP. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's all the really news we had related to Chicago Fire this week. Um, so, without further ado, let's jump into talking about Chicago Fire 6 of 7. Um, as always, we're going to break this down by storyline. There's a lot of different little storylines that happen through this episode. So, just try to keep keep up. I mean, we're going to do the best we can to kind of make it as clear as we can. But there's a lot that happens in this episode. Um, so, the first thing we're going to talk about is Ramon. Ramon. Um, If you remember, at the end of 606, Ramon is found by Gabby and Brett on the platform of the, i want to call it the metro, but the subway, I don't know what they call it in Chicago, the subway, whatever, um, stabbed and kind of holding on for dear life. Um, And so this episode kind of starts right back up with that in the back of the ambo. And poor Gabby, you know, she's shaking like the leaf. She's nervous for what is going to happen with her dad. But she's driving, Brett kind of lets her, you know, Brett doesn't want her to kind of be fidgeting and fumbling over everything. So Brett's like, I've got your dad, you know, you just drive, get us there as fast as you can. So Gabby is speeding to bed um, and they get cut off by a truck and Sylvie kind of goes flying across the Ambo. Um, And then Ramon kind of starts, but she recovers and Ramon starts crashing and Gabby's like flipping out in the driver's seat. Um, but Brett, you know, keeps it calm, has it handled, and, you know, is able to, you know, do, I don't even remember what the procedure she does is, but, you know, she does something in order to keep him stable enough to get him to the hospital, to have him have a fighting chance at least at life. Um, so they get to med, and Gabby and Brett wheel him in, and Maggie meets them, and, you know, she's like, take him to trauma one, whatever, um. And Gabby tells Maggie, you know, she's like, this patient, you know, he's my dad. And Maggie's like, I know, we've got this. You know, Dr. Rhodes, obviously, you know, he's the best. Um, He's the one that's going to be working near your dad. And they kind of take him up to um, Rhodes for surgery immediately. And, you know, that's kind of that. And so as they wheel him off, Gabby and Sylvie just kind of stand there. And Sylvie says, you know, he's going to be all right. He's strong like you. Um, So that's kind of the end. That's kind of the first scene um kind of the teaser and then gabby's waiting in the waiting room and brett's still with her um but matt runs in and you know she gives him you know that she says she's like matt and you know it obviously means you know she really is scared you know just like you can kind of hear it in her voice you know the way that she says it is you know we're in this crisis, but, like, I'm glad you're here. But, you know, she doesn't actually say that. You know, all she really says is Matt.
1: But her... It's that Matt that she gave after the garage claps where, like, she's crying and she's like, Matt! And it's, like, one of those. Yeah. Like, it says so much without actually saying anything at all. Yeah. Um, It's the kind that kills us all with feels. Right.
0: Yeah. And so, obviously, Matt's like, you know, I'm here, whatever. And, like, he gives her a hug and, like, tells her it's going to be okay, whatever. And then Antonio arrives. Which at first kind of shocked me a little bit. I thought there'd be a little bit more of a like having to drag Antonio to the hospital just because of everything that happened last season. Like Antonio still is kind of mad at his dad for everything that happened with their mom. So I thought there'd be a little bit more of a like hesitancy from him to kind of, and like have to drag him to the hospital. But, um, you know, I was kind of surprised at that, but he arrives, you know, without anyone obviously having to drag him there. Um, and so he kind of, there's like an update or whatever. And I guess, I can't remember, is Gabby the one who asked him about what happened to the guy or does he ask? No, it's Casey. Casey asks. He asks Antonio. Right. Right. Yeah. So Casey asks Antonio, like what happened to the guy who stabbed Ramon and Antonio's like it's some psycho. Um, obviously. Nobody
1: tell Dr. Reese. Yeah. Good thing that <laughs> Reese isn't
0: around. Clearly she'd be like <laughs> flipping the shit. Um, yeah. And so Antonio's like, apparently dad stepped in to try to stop him. Um, but yeah, just a whole little scene. And then obviously Rhodes comes in immediately. And Gina pointed out in that line, she's like, it's a huge one Chicago party because all three shows are represented right there. You've obviously got Gabby and Casey from Fire, Rhodes from Med, Antonio from PD in Formerly Justice, so you literally got all the Chicago shows in one scene. Something we don't get to see as often, as I wish we did, but, you know. And Rhodes comes out and basically is like, your dad's got a little bit of a recovery to go, process to go through, but, like, he's gonna be fine. You know, whatever. Um, and so Antonio and Gabby actually go into the room and visit him, and Gabby's like, what were you doing throwing yourself in front of a knife? Um, You do that all the time, not actually throw yourself in front of a knife, but, like, you do stupid shit that people shouldn't do all the time. You're Gabby (laughs) Dawson.
1: You know what I love about this, though, is I love how this is, like, a recurring thing throughout the episode is everybody's like, what was he doing throwing himself in front of a knife? And I'm like, thank you. I've been wondering this ever since the show went off the air in, like, November or whatever. I've been like, dude, who puts themselves in front of a knife like that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially when it's not your job and, you know, you're not trained. Like, I still – I always think about – when I think about what, you know, firefighters and policemen do, I always think about when Severide was training – oh, when he was training, like, Gabby's class and Jones and all, like, that whole thing. And he was talking that guy down who was, like, freaking out to, like, go up the ladder. And he was like, you know, you're trained to do the things here. Like, we're training you to do the things that scare you and, like, the things that go against your instinct. So, like – that's what firefighters, policemen, military, like, that's what they're trained to do, is to go against their natural instincts. Nobody just that isn't trained to do that usually goes and does that.
1: Right. It's, it's not a Ramon Dawson thing to do. It is a Gabby Dawson and an Antonio Dawson thing to do.
0: Right. It's literally everyone else with a Dawson name, except Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... So, you know, that kind of ends that. And then Gabby's like, you know, I'll come back in you and check on you again, whatever. Um, So after she goes back to shift the next time, um, she's like, you know, once I get my first call, like, I'll go and check on him again. So she does. And when she goes in there, she notices that his room is full of flowers. And he's talking about. How he has all these interviews lined up with newspapers and TV stations, and Gabby's like, you know, you need to like calm down. Like Dr. Robes told you to rest. And he's like, I am, I promise, whatever. Um, and when she after she sees that his room is full of flowers, he even mentions that Mama Dawson apparently even called. And he's like, you know, if all I knew it was gonna take you know, she didn't return my call for a year, and if all I knew it was take getting stabbed to, like, have her come and visit me and return my calls, then maybe I would have done it a long time ago. Not funny. Don't joke about right?
1: getting stabbed just to have a woman right, I- come back and return your call. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I was happy that she called again, but I was like, dude, there's just... Whatever. Yeah. Bigger things at play here. You getting stabbed is a little more important than your little petty feud.
0: Yeah whatever um but so Gabby can only stay for a little bit because she's still technically on shift and she just came in after the first call she's like I promise I'll be back like after shift's over tomorrow so she does go back to check on him after shift but she's kind of met with reporters and there's like a guy setting up a camera and he's like um we're trying to do something here like just kind of stay back and Gabby's like oh okay and so like Ramon doesn't even really notice that she's there so she kind of just doesn't go in and just immediately leaves um just because I think she thinks that it's kind of getting to her head and that, you know, he's kind of not actually doing the things he's supposed to, and so she kind of just like, I don't want to be in the way and be a bother, so she just leaves. Um But the whole Ramon thing, the whole Ramon and by default Gabby stuff kind of wraps up eventually. Um, you know, after some nudging from Bowden. You know, Gabby eventually, like, she's kind of talking to Bowden, and Bowden's like, you know, you really should go back and see your dad again. You know, he's proud of you, and you're proud of him, and, like, he's alive and this whole thing. And so after some nudging from Bowden, Gabby does go back to see her dad after, I guess, the second shift of the episode has ended. It's hard to keep track when I say the the shift's ended, but I'm like, wait, not the first time shift ended, but the second time shift ended, um... Gabby goes back and sees Ramon, and he can go home tomorrow, so he's fine, and he's on his way back to, like, a full recovery, um, but Gabby wishes, you know, that the real reason, like, she's kind of been hesitant about the whole thing is that she shares that, you know, she wishes she could have done more to help him when he got hurt, and he's like, what? That's crazy, and, you know, he kind of has this real moment, and he's like, you know, this little adventure that I've been on, you know, the whole thing with reporters and stuff, he's like, I know it's silly, um, and he's like, I know that, this whole incident doesn't really, isn't going to really change that who I am. But the real kind of heart tugging moment of this entire episode is Ramon's like, you're, you know, like, what you do this every day, kind of what we were just talking about. And he's like, you're my hero. Oh, he
1: called Gabby his hero. So cute. I feel like that's kind of like, not validation, but it's, I feel like it's something she really needed to hear from her father. Yeah, that, you
0: know, not only is he proud of her, but like, the things that she does every day on calls, like, she's doing the right things. Like, she saved countless lives, and not only was her father one of them, but she's, you know, saved many, many others. Um, So, yeah, I think not only is it validation that, you know, her father's proud of her, but that, you know, every day when she does save lives, like, she's doing the right thing.
1: And, like, and you know what this also makes me think of, which is probably just another instance of, like, Gina, you're looking into this way too much, but I can't help but imagine, like, I'm curious how Antonio and Gabby came to be in their like, their professions, like, was Antonio a cop first, and then Gabby was like, I want to work in public service, or was it, like, the other way around, so, I don't know, Ramon saying that she's his hero is just kind of her way of, his way of saying, like, you know, like, I'm proud of you, you did the right thing by following in your brother's footsteps, if, in fact, that's what she did.
0: Well, a I think just based on, like, the fact that, what, I feel like in the, um, the media day facts about characters, things that PD did. I think, didn't they say that like, Antonio is 10 years older than Gabby? Yeah. So, I mean, I would assume just based on the fact that he's 10 years older than her that he came first. But I could be wrong. Um, but also, I think it just goes to show just how close they are. Um, especially after, because, you know, all the stuff that we've seen about Ramon over the past like season or so... It's always been, like, Ramon kind of overstepping his boundaries and moving in with Casey and Gabby and kind of, you know, saying things that he shouldn't have and whatever. But this moment just really shows that, like, none of that really matters at the end of the day. Like, these two are, you know, thick as thieves. Like, they're really close. Um, and that's obviously really what's what's important. Um, not all the right. just kind of, like, petty stuff. Um, but, yeah, so that's really it for the Ramon stuff. Yeah. Um, who knows if we're going to see more of him next week or, you know, when he'll pop back up. But I'm sure this isn't the last we've seen of him for a while. Um, but Gina, do you want to talk a little bit about Bowden and what Bowdoin's up to? Yeah,
1: of course. Um, and it's not very often we get a segment just solely for Bowden. Yeah. This is kind of a first. Yeah. So uh, the first call of the episode is to an apartment building and they roll up and the landlord's like you know i felt stupid calling you but this issue was going on we weren't sure they go into this like breaker room of sorts i don't even know how to describe it and there's smoke just kind of casually pouring from this electric box and so they see the smoke and casey's like yeah it's not supposed to do that (laughs) so the landlord just kind of suspects that it's the guy in one c And Herman and Otis bust into the apartment, and it's really smoky. Like, there's no fire or anything. It's just really, really smoky. And we see the humidifier just like doing ninety. And they're trying to see what's going on, and they find an elderly man unconscious in the corner. So Herman and Otis get him out, and it's not until later when Bowden and Casey and Severide and Kid they all go inside. It's not until they go inside to put the fire out behind the wall that. Bowdoin realizes who this guy is. So later on Bowdoin talks to Casey and Mouch and we find out that the elderly man is Stoke Porter, um, also known as Southside Stoke or a quote unquote legend of the blues. So basically this guy is just a really, he's a really big local blues artist to Chicago. So Mouch is all, you know, I've never heard of him. I don't know who this guy is. And bowden suggests a night of cigars bourbon and blues two things here uh one where was our invite seriously anything with cigars yeah. i don't even smoke cigars but anything with cigars i'm down for well like well if severides invited we'll just like sit in the other room and watch them have a cigar chat i mean right like, yeah clearly pro- anything
0: yeah. cigar related we want in
1: right right um the other thing about this i love how they kind of play this this whole these this whole arc of like mouch has no idea how to handle Bowdoin in these situations and yet casey's like an old pro so when Bowden's like you know we're gonna have cigars bourbon and blues and mouch is like i have to run it by trudy and we look at casey and casey just gives him like this big smile and not like say yes you have to say yes yeah It's just funny how well Casey knows how to play it. Yeah, I think this trio is something I never
0: really thought about. Like, oh, I want to see a Bowdoin-Casey-Mouch scene. But I really like this dynamic. And I think it's interesting that you brought up the fact that, like, Mouch doesn't really know how to handle Bowdoin. Because it's true, he doesn't. They're really the only people who do are Casey and Severide and then Herman. But it's really funny because we do see a lot of Mouch and Bowdoin scenes, and, like, they're really good friends just because they've been on the job together for so long – But yeah, Mouch has never been the one that had to handle Bowdoin when he was his, you know, like upset or emotional or anything like that. That was never Mouch. So it was really interesting to see this whole dynamic throughout the storyline.
1: Yeah, it was really funny. And so, of course, like Bowdoin walks away and Mouch immediately is like, why are you and me hanging out at Bowdoin's tomorrow night? And Casey just goes, I don't know, but he seems to need it right now. So we're just going to do it. And that's just. Typical Casey, you know, Bowden needs me. I'm just going to drop everything and be there. Gotta love it. So, Bowden and Casey and Mouch have their guys' night of cigars and bourbon and blues. And Bowden gets kind of introspective, which is also the same thing I do after a couple of drinks. So, like, same, (laughs) Bowden. I feel you. I get it. So, uh, Yeah, Casey's just kind of like, all right, we're just going to, like, let him talk it out. And so Bowden just kind of says, you know, he's like, I can't help but wonder what good is a man's legacy. And so Bowden decides to go visit Stoke. So Casey and Mouch go with him and they get to the hospital and they find out that he passed away. Sad face. Um, So they meet his daughter. They meet his estranged daughter and, you know, she didn't have much of a relationship with him. But Bowden later invites him to the Molly's North opening. And that's where we find out why this guy was so significant to Bowden. And it's just that he was kind of a local legend that, you know, Bowden used to listen to all the time when he was a child. And with it just his kind dad. of brings back memories. Yeah, with his dad. It
0: was really uh, true. It took me for like a minute when Bowden's like, he's explaining this whole thing, and it's like, it's been three years since my dad died. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait. I was like, huh? And then I was like, oh shit. Like, it has been a lot that long since, like, Bowdoin's dad died. I was like, holy crap. Like, it just took me a second. I was like, three years? Like, obviously not three years in, like, our time, but three years in their time. But it's been a couple seasons, and it just, I was like, oh shit. So much has happened. Holy shit.
1: Did he die in season two or season three? Three? Oh, man. Time flies. It had to have been
0: three because it was right after um, Terrence was born. Oh my God. And Bowden doesn't meet Donna until season two. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a throwback.
1: It just something. Yeah. It
0: was just like one of those things where I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, there's so much that's happened since then. But at the same time, I felt like it had done like it had happened like last week.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. It just we're getting to that point, little point
1: now where these like milestones in Chicago history have happened years ago, and it just doesn't feel like it's happened that long.
0: Right, yeah. Anyway, that was just something that threw me for a small, like, second. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, shit, three years.
1: And this whole, I don't know, this Bowdoin thing was kind of interesting, because what was the point, you know? I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like they could have gone deeper into that, and they didn't.
0: I think this maybe would have been a better storyline if it had been, like, three episodes from now. Just because there's so much... I mean, this is, like, right after their mid-season finale, so they obviously had to address the Ramones stuff. They had to kind of set up where they were going for the next couple of episodes. Like, they had to throw in so much that, like, the boat and stuff, like, the impact of it got lost.
1: Yeah, I, Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: But, I mean, I like this storyline, and I like, obviously, getting to learn a little bit more about Bowden. Um, But, yeah, I think now that you say it, like, I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle.
1: Just cause I mean, it was so great. I happened. love seeing Bowden. Yeah, I love seeing Bowden get his, you know, time in the spotlight. And he's such a good actor, Eamon Walker. But, yeah, yeah it kind of, it got lost a little bit.
0: Yeah. I just think, yeah, the impact of it did. Um, but yeah, like I said, Eamon Walker is such a good actor, and his monologue, when they're sitting there, um, and he's talking about why, and how much Stoke means to him, and, you know, his father, and all that, like, that monologue, man, Eamon killed it. Yeah. He killed it. That was so good. Um, but yeah, that's really all the and stuff that happened. Like I said, there's not much that happens for each character, but literally each character has something happening, for the most part. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so let's move on, guys. Let's move on to talk about Bretonio. Woo-hoo! Finally. Word, a word that came out of my mouth that we haven't used in a very long time. <laughs> Bretonio. Um, so in the beginning, the first thing that happens with Bretonio is when Casey and Dawson and Antonio are in the waiting room, Sylvie comes back because she would gotten coffees for Casey and Dawson, and literally heart eyes everywhere from the minute they, like, lock eyes. It's like, oh like just like the angels like the skies opened up and angels started singing like
1: for both of them yeah. yeah
0: um and so she's like she said something about she's like obviously he didn't know that Antonio was coming she's like sorry I didn't get you a coffee he's like it's fine and that's like the only interaction but just like the tension like the sexual tension like it's there it's so good um, this is
1: like man said this season though how like man said so much as looks at each other this season and we're like that's so cute and like, all that happens is Antonio's, like, it's okay. I'm wired enough as is. And we're just, like, that's the cutest thing ever. Right. Yeah. I think
0: at this point, too, and maybe it's the same way with Manstead, is because there was such a drought for so long that, like, literally anything, we're just, like, clinging onto any interaction. We're, like, oh, my God. He said hi. He meant I love you. Like, it's, like, that kind of, like, overreaction, like –
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, like that Bersic hug from a couple of episodes ago, we're like, hmm, what happened in the lead-up to this moment? Let's just, like, <laughs> yeah. devise a whole thing, and, yeah, we're just clinging on to everything. Yeah.
0: Um, but so later, when, back at 51, um, Brett is talking with Kid, and she's like, I saw Antonio at the hospital. And it was really good to see him. And Stella's like, nope, nope, nope. Don't you go there. She's like, do not kiss him. You will deeply, deeply regret it. And the I mean, <laughs> kid is like, all against Stella is not okay with this at all.
1: And It's, like it's also in the see. context of what they're talking about, though. What? It's also in the context of what they're talking about, though. Because like she had oh, yeah. just talked about Severide, but it was so funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's so funny. Um, but it's also funny, too, because like, Everyone kind of knows how Bretonio ended, and that, like, it just didn't work out for the situations. So Where everyone's like, nope, you know if you go back there, it's not gonna end well, but Brett's like, I don't know, like, you know, whatever. So, Brett is, you know, home that night, and she's, like, doing her dishes, and she gets a knock on the door. Of course, it's Antonio. Oh, hi, Antonio. Oh, Hey. Um, and he obviously clearly just came up with an excuse to talk about, to talk to her, because he says she left a sweatshirt at his place. This has been, what, like, a year now? Like, since they ended? Probably. A year now. And he's like, oh, you left a sweatshirt at my place. And then the tag is, like, visible, and it clearly says Diego. And she's like, oh, but this says Diego. He's like, oh, would you look at that? It does, but it's not
1: his size. And I'm just like, okay. Whatever. Like, could you make it more conspicuous? You couldn't have even grabbed, like, one of Eva's sweatshirts? Right. Or, like, just a sweatshirt of his that doesn't say Diego. Like, something. Just Antonio. But Brett clearly
0: thinks it's cute because she lets him in and invites him in. And, you know, Antonio gives, like, one line and she's, like, done it. And he's like, when I saw you at the hospital, I knew I was in trouble. And then they start like making out and everything's right in the world. And then they like keep they like have one of those scenes where they like make out for a little bit and then they like try to have a conversation and then they like can't keep their hands off of each other, so they keep making out again. And um Brett's like, Maybe this is like a one time thing because they like don't want to do it at first. And Brett's like, We you know, we obviously ended this, whatever. And she's like, Well, maybe it's a one time thing. Hmm, okay, sure. One time thing.
1: In yeah, that reality. worked so well for linstead
0: And anyone else who's ever hooked up
1: in one Chicago.
0: Or womp just in television womp. in general. Um so they kind of hook up and it's a great hookup. It's it's pretty great. Um but then that's kind of it. And the next thing we see from Petronio is at the Molly's North opening. They're both, like, going to the opening and they run each other outside. And Brett's like, I didn't realize you'd be here. And and Antonio's like, I didn't realize you'd be here either. Well, duh. They'd be there, like, I don't know. Whatever.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize you'd be here even though your sister is part owner of the bar. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't
0: realize you'd be here when your roommate owns part of the bar. Like, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. You know. Anyway. Um... And then so Sylvie comes up with this excuse, and she's like, I don't know if I really want to go in. It's very crowded. No, it's not. And she's like, I guess that's good for business, but I'm not really in the mood for a crowd. And Antonio then suggests something more quiet, and they walk off hand in hand. And the hand in hand part's cute, but like, really, we all know you're going to hook up.
1: Like, okay. I've missed these two so much. I
0: know. Ashley, what did you think about Bartonio? I guess. Like like, well, <clears throat> they seem to rush into things when they was together the first time. Yeah. But I really, they're starting to like grow me. I kind of like them now. I really like the stuff we got from this season, even though it was like so cliche and just like really like you didn't know you guys were going to be in the same place at the same time. Like, of course you. What? Like whatever. Um, but their stuff. It's just. I don't know. I guess I always felt. Like, I think back to their kind of, like, the first, like, classic Brettonio scene, which is the one where she shows up at his door. And it just seemed so out of character and, like, kind of forced, like, that she didn't really, you know, she kind of just seemed, like, pushed into it and, like, almost like a dare. And, like, it was kind of awkward and weird. Like, I liked it, but it was awkward and weird. But this one, like, it just felt, the chemistry between Brett and Antonio and then by, like, Kara and John, like, it just felt so much more natural. Yeah, it just like I guess it's over. Obviously, like they've now had like a year under their belts where they like have worked like together and like been like closer friends. So like it's just obviously more natural. But it just like it just it was so much more noticeable that their chemistry was just like there. Um, But I'm excited to see how it goes. I don't know with that news that we just talked about at the beginning of the episode. Doesn't seem like it's gonna last that long, but we'll see.
1: I'm just so happy that they actually gave them a second chance. We've literally never seen that in one Chicago history. Maybe we have, and I'm just wrong. But yeah. I can't think of another instance in the One Chicago universe where we've seen a ship break up and then come back together. That's not Even one if of it main is for couple? like a nanosecond.
0: You mean and it's not like one say? of the main couples?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a
1: good point. Lord knows we still haven't seen it with Burzik. True. <laughs> True. Um, I mean, my schedule's open, PD writers, like, whenever's convenient for you to put them back together, I'm open. I will be there, yeah. Yeah. Um, So
0: let's talk about Molly's North. So the whole Molly's North stuff starts with them having a meeting at 51, plus Cruz, for whatever reason. Cruz is just, like, chilling, I guess, because all his best buds are in this meeting, and he's, like i'll be there why not <laughs> so otis is clearly he's like i want to run point on this like opening and herman very very reluctantly agrees but he's like eh, why not whatever so they give otis the reins which already is just like no this can't be good this is not gonna be good
1: Pretty much has disaster written all over it. Right.
0: But, of course, Lily is also in this meeting. So, Otis has heart eyes everywhere because he loves Lily. And he wants to impress her. And it's just, yeah. But no one else. I mean, people can kind of start to see that Otis has a thing for Lily. But, you know, they don't have confirmation of it. So, whatever. So, later on, Cruz comes up to Otis. And he's like, dude, like my old neighbor sells taxi top advertisements. Like he'll do it $250 per top. And Otis is like, oh, dude, that's great. Like, sure, that's a plan, like, set it up. So that's that conversation. My first reaction though was like, who advertises on Taxi Tops anymore?
1: People don't do that anymore? I thought that was still a thing. I mean like, in New York.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess in New York where taxis are much more a thing, but like Like, here in D.C., like, taxis are a thing, but Ubers and Lyfts are just so much more prevalent that, like, why would you you waste your money advertising on tops of taxi tops? I mean, I guess, like I said, my first reaction is New York, just because there's so much, so many taxis, but, like, I don't know, maybe there are in Chicago, too. I don't know. I've never really been to Chicago to know.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you live in a city with taxis. We don't, so... (laughs) Yeah, I live
0: in a city with taxis, but, like, not as prevalent as they probably were like 10 years ago or even True. five years ago we don't even have uber where i live
1: oh, oh. that sucks
0: oh <laughs> yeah. i can't survive without uber it's kind of sad but i can't um jeez. Oh, anyway but yeah so it was just like i was like taxi tops okay sounds a little like 2012 but okay We'll go with it. (laughs) Anyway. um, And so then Otis and Stella and Herman are having a conversation about the opening because they've decided that they're going to do it in like four days from now. And Stella's a little concerned that it's too soon. But Otis is going on like, no, it's got to be the ninth. It's got to be, you know, this Friday. And he's like, Friday is the ninth. And that's Lily's lucky number. And she said that the Mercury is in retrograde. So we have to do it in four days.
1: Otis so is cute. clearly
0: smitten if it wasn't already confirmed like two scenes ago. Otis is smitten. Um, so then Stella is still throughout the episode. She's still continuing to voice her concerns to Herman, but Herman's kind of okay with writing it out. Um, And he's like, not caring. This is a new, or er, Stella's like, not caring. This is a new attitude that I'm also going to apply to my life. Like, She's like, oh, if Herman can do it, then I guess I can do it. Whatever. Um, but later that night, um, Otis comes in, and he's, like, got paint on his face or whatever because he's still he's struggling to get everything together for the Molly's North opening. Um, and he's, like, trying to paint signs, and he's, like, struggling, whatever. So he's, like, talking to Stella and Herman at the bar, and Cruz comes over and presents him with this, like, contract for the Taxi Top advertisements. Turns out, though, instead of – it is still $250 – per top but Cruz left out the part where you have to have a minimum of 100 taxi tops so it's actually going to cost them $25,000 and Otis is like what the fuck dude you didn't tell me this like what is happening
1: Cruz would make a really bad lawyer yeah like you can't leave that out let's just yeah yeah like I don't know how
0: you forget to leave that part out but anyway so then Stella offers a solution, and she's like, you know, one of the guys who keeps, like, getting at me after the gym, like, he, you know, works at a radio station, and, like, so she's like, I can offer to, you know, I can see if he can help with the advertising. And notice is like, yes, put me on the radio, and Stella's like, mm, that's not exactly what I said. And he's like, have you never heard my podcast? Like, put me on the radio and just watch the magic happen. And then he, like, leaves or whatever, and Stella turns to Herman and she's like, he has a podcast? What? Um, yeah, we haven't heard about Otis's podcast in, like, bajillion years.
1: We really haven't. I guess it's still a thing, isn't it? I guess, but... I don't know. Interesting. That cracked me up.
0: Yeah. Especially now that we do this podcast, I'm like, ooh, I wonder what this actually sounds like. Like... If this were only to be a real thing.
1: Right, right, right. And I feel like like when Stella's like, he has a podcast, like that's kind of how people are about us sometimes. They're like, wait, there's no Chicago podcast? Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> um,
0: and so Otis and Stella then go to the radio station, but this interview thingamajig doesn't actually go too well. So Otis freezes up, like, Completely freezes up, forgets the name of his own bar. He's, like, he's, that's what he's asked first. He's, like, so, they're, like, so, Brian, what is the name of the bar? And he's, like, uh, and then, he like, he's, it's, like, it's Max. And he's, like, no, 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 Max is out of business. He's, like, it's, uh, and then he, like, you know, quickly drinks some water, like, freaks out or whatever. And then, finally, he says Molly's North. But then, before he can kind of really get it out, this Mitch guy, the guy that's been hitting on Stella at the gym, he starts playing farting noises every time Otis tries to say the real name of the bar.
1: I'm sorry, I'm a child. I think that's the funniest thing ever.
0: <laughs> it was really funny, but as I was really, um, as I was like watching that scene again, I was like, this is so unprofessional. Like, how can someone get away with this? <laughs> like,
1: But there's, like, it doesn't matter how old you get, like, fart jokes will always be funny.
0: And, no, I, I like that it was funny, but as I rewatched it, I was like, how the fuck is this guy getting away with this? Like, how does he still have a job? Like, what is this?
1: Um, oh my God. It's kind of like on parks and rec. Did you ever see parks and rec? No. no, there's that radio show that Leslie goes on all the time called weenie in the butt. And the guy's always <laughs> playing fart noises and getting away from. Yeah. So you got to watch it now. Cause yeah, it's hilarious. Weenie in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I'm a child. That's funny.
0: Um, So when they get back to 51, Otis is like blowing up at Stella back at the firehouse, or back at 51, for letting her boyfriend get away with it. And Stella's like, first of all, he's not my boyfriend. And then he like runs into Herman, and Herman's like, you really couldn't remember the name of the bar. And he's like, I panicked. And then he's like, I bet. And then Otis is like, I bet Lily was listening. And this to make, I'm going to be so embarrassed, whatever. And then Lily, like, he gets a text from Lily that apparently says, like, she feels bad for him. So Otis is over it because he, like, got him sympathy points from Lily. So he's like, yeah, whatever. It's fine.
1: I feel fairly confident saying that if any of us were to go on a radio show, that we wouldn't freeze up like that.
0: Yeah, probably uh probably not. I mean we do the podcast, so maybe if you had asked me like pre-podcast, I probably said I would have said maybe. But now
1: probably not. Yeah. Just Yeah, I don't know. I just the fart noises, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> I probably would laugh if that happened to me if I froze up and they started playing fart noises.
0: Uh but so at the Molly's North opening, you know, it opens, it's there. Um, Otis and Herman are having a conversation and Otis is like, you know, decent crowd, like obviously I wish it was more packed, but whatever, and Otis had bought like a scene before this, it's kind of not that important but whatever, but Otis had bought this like jukebox for $2,000 as Herman points out, and Herman makes a comment about how, he's like, oh, well you, at least you got your jukebox to like impress Lily and he Otis is like, I didn't do this to like impress Lily, he's like, I got it for you and he's like, me, why? and Otis says, you know, you always said that Molly's works because it's a neighborhood bar, a warm place to hang with good people. And he said, well, this is like the Molly's North version of the bar, you know, like the jukebox is part of like having this be like creating this atmosphere for Molly's North. So Harmon's like, oh, you know, like has this like, doesn't actually say anything, but like clearly like that meant a lot to him. Um, But then the other part of the Molly's North opening is Lily is very happy with everything. Like, She's talking about like, you know, we haven't seen this place so like with so many people in like years. And she's so happy about everything that she kisses Otis. New OTP coming your way, guys. I love me some Lily and Otis.
1: I they're so cute. They're What's adorable. their ship name?
0: Ooh. Lotus. Lotus. Lotus, yeah. A lotus flower. Um, but so that's everything with Molly's North. I'm really kind of curious to see how in the future episodes, I mean, obviously the Lily part is, you know, probably we're going to see Otis more at Molly's North than anyone else. But I'm curious to see how they divide the time between like having people at Molly's North and having people at Molly's. Like are people actually going to go like people from 51? Like, are they actually going to go hanging out at Molly's North? Are they going to just continue to go with normal Molly's? Like, How does that divide going to work? Like, that's something I'm curious to see what they choose to go with.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that, too. And I was also like, do we amend the name of the podcast now to, like, meet us at Molly's or Molly's North? Like, (laughs) what do we do here? How far north is Molly's North from the rest of Molly's? I don't know. Just so many questions. So many logistical questions that we will
0: never know the answers to. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So that's everything for Molly's North. Um Gina, do you wanna talk about Stellaride?
1: Absolutely. I love me some Stellaride. So Brett and Stella make up, first and foremost. They're in they're at 51, basically in the locker room, and they make up, so really it was just kinda much ado about nothing when when Sylvie basically gave her a big I'm sorry speech and kid just kinda sat there. So Severide walks in, and he and Stella have a quick exchange. Severide's like, "You left early," and Stella's like, "I had things to do, like the gym and other things." And so Sylvie's like, "What's with that? Why was that so awkward?" And I'm over here like, Sylvie, have you? Do you listen to me to St. Molly's? Because this is exactly how we talk, like <laughs> exactly. And so Stella fesses up to kissing him, and she basically says that she's avoiding him because now he probably thinks that she still has a thing for him. It just makes me laugh so hard that she's avoiding him, not because she's like, I'm so embarrassed that I kissed him, but she's like, oh my god, he probably thinks that I'm still into him. Just so funny and so basically the whole scene ends with because brett's like well you know like are you still into him and she just goes oh my god i need to get a life (laughs) same stella same been there same so later on she walks into the common room this is so great and so she walks into the common room she sees severide and she does an about face which is the exact same thing severide did a couple seasons ago i don't even remember what happened but there's a gif about it that's like You'll see the gif every now and then oh. where Severide walks in and does the about face and immediately walks out. It's
0: when he um is it when he they he gets asked is it in season 1 when he like gets asked to pee in a cup?
1: And No, he, I don't think it's season 1. I think it's later than that.
0: Well, oh, cuz I was thinking like when he you know that episode, I think it's I guess it's in season 1 when he's still on drugs and he like they ask they, like have to do a drug test like because they were in a hall where there's like exposed to um meth and so but he obviously had just taken drugs and like they were still in the system or whatever so he has to avoid the pee call and the guy's like sitting there on the couch he kept like he like keeps coming in and out and like trying to avoid the dude. like that's what i was thinking of but
1: oh that could be it now i gotta go back and look
0: but that's season one because he's still on drugs
1: Oh my god, it's so great, though. It's like a full circle moment, because, like, Stella walks in and sees him and is like, nope! (laughs) And it just so happens that Casey's in there at the same time, and so Casey just can't let this go. So she leaves, and Casey's like, so, how are things with you and Stella? And so it's like, oh, great, she's the best. And he's like, you haven't noticed her acting off? And he's like, no, she's probably just embarrassed about what happened at Molly's. And Casey's just like, okay all right sure we'll go with that so great and casey walks off and severine has got this face like what i don't yeah. know it's kind of like in friends where they're like they don't know that he knows that we know that all yeah so yeah Severine's like does he know that i know that she knows that we kissed like
0: <laughs> so many secrets
1: so classic, so classic. So later on, they're at the apartment. Severide walks in with a case of beer, and he wants to have like a great, just like night in with Stella, which like, that's like man of my dreams right there. Who's like, let's just drink and watch sports and stay in. Yes, please. For but real. it turns out she's dressed to the nines. She looks super hot, and she's in a dress and heels, and she's going on a date with Fart Noise Mitch from the radio station. <laughs> Womp womp. So is like, oh yeah, that's cool, but he's totally not cool with it, because these two are into each other and just can't admit it.
0: Yeah, but, and I, Stella's like, yeah. she's like, because he's like, oh, you want to watch the Black Hawks game? And Stella's like, yeah, I can't. Obviously, I'm going out. And she's like, but rain check? And he's like, yeah, there's 82 games a season, so yeah. It's just like, I don't know why I like that line, but he's like, yeah, there's 82 games a season. We can do this again. But he's clearly affected, but he doesn't admit
1: it. We never see Severide awkward like that. That's so cute. No, we never do. So funny.
0: But again, it's another thing because of what we just learned about 609 with Kid and Brett fighting over this hazmat guy named Zack or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, so I guess Stellaride's not happening for the next couple episodes either.
1: How much longer are they going to draw this out? This is not even a slow burn. This is just a painful burn. This
0: has been, what, a season and a half?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Because what, season, early season five was the last time we saw it. I think so.
1: Yeah. Like, it's not even cute anymore. It's just, like, annoying.
0: Yeah. It's also just weird to think about that in the time, like, yeah, because it was early season five when, the first episode back of season five is when the whole, like, Stella's ex comes and, like, tries to kill Severide. Or tries to kill Severide with a knife. Um, But then literally in between the time that this has happened, like, Anna was a thing.
1: What was the thing? Anna. Oh, Anna. Anna.
0: Yeah. Still not over that, but whatever.
1: Uh, No, me neither. Me neither.
0: Anyway. But yeah, that's all for Stellar Ride this episode. So the last thing that we
1: have to talk about, and it's
0: literally kind of this one big long scene. So it's one kind of, it's a storyline on its own, but it's something that we have to talk about. But it's the second call of the episode, and it's kind of what all these articles that we've talked about over the past couple weeks have been teasing about with this, like, future Gabby storyline that's going to kind of take place over the next couple of episodes. And it kind of is what sets that up. So, Squad and Ambo get called to a fire at, uh, like, Doctor's office. Um, And why Truck didn't get called, but a different truck company did, I don't know, but whatever. A different truck company was already on the scene. And Squad's like, well, did you guys get it or whatever? And they're like, yeah, we think we got it for the most part. We're just waiting for, like, the all-official clear. So Severide's like, okay, well, like, we'll go in and start, like, making sure, like, everybody's out. Um, So Squad starts going, goes in the building, helps, like, with the all-clear. And Ambo's, like, starting checking people outside. Gabby notices this girl, like, trying to get in through the back to go get, she's, like, to go get her bag. But Gabby's like, no, 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 like, you can't go in. Like, just wait a little bit, like, you can go in later. Um, But she doesn't listen to Gabby's orders and goes in anyway. And Gabby runs after her because, of course, she does. And so while Gabby's running in after this girl in the building, the two of them run into Severide, who is working on a fire that is in the ceiling. Um, When, of course, all of a sudden the ceiling collapses on top of all of them because, of course, it does. And it momentarily traps them, but they're fine. They're in... They get to go into, like, the doctor's, like, office part, like, where the table is and stuff. And so
1: they're fine. Can we talk about, though, how, like, this ceiling caves in or whatever? And, you know, Severi ducks for cover, the girl is knocked out, and Gabby's fine. Yeah. Of course that she is. Gabby's just completely untouched, looking
0: flawless as ever. Of course she is. Um. So... The girl grabs her bag and kind of stuff had spilled out of it. And so Gabby's like, well, Seth, like, help me get her out of here. And so Gabby notices that there were these three, like, huge bottles of pills that the girl was trying to steal. And so Gabby, like, has this, like, decision for a second and, like, ultimately decides to put the bottles back in the cabinet. And so Severi takes the girl outside and Gabby follows her and whatever, they're fine. And Gabby, while Gabby's checking her out, the girl who introduces herself as Bria, um, you, know, she had this momentary um loss of consciousness. So she, Gabby's like, you need to go to the hospital, and she refuses to go, and then ultimately, eventually, like, gets talked into it. Um, and then Gabby and her kind of have this weird exchange, and Gabby tells her she's like, I put the drugs back, and Bria's like, Well, why? And Gabby's like, Well, I'm not really sure. And then. Gabby's like, okay, Sylvie, like, she needs to go to the hospital. And Sylvie's like, okay, yeah, sure, let me just finish this one thing and then I'll get her. And that's kind of the end of this scene. But clearly, from all the teasing and, like, the news posts and things that we've seen, this is going to be, like, a big storyline for Gabby and Bria's not going away. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of episodes. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the fact, too, that, like, Severide's gonna be involved and maybe not Casey like I love the Severide and Gabby stuff so much and I it's
1: it's gonna be good yeah very good I yeah just I don't know like I know Severide and Dawson are not married and Casey and Dawson are but Severide handles Dawson in a way so much better than Casey yeah well yeah all in a lot of ways so much better <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like Like, I don't know, they're kind of like the angel and devil on her shoulder, but, like, Severide's, like, a cautious devil on her shoulder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just think Casey, or not Casey, Severide and Gabby are a lot more similar in the way they handle things. Like, they have the best intentions, but sometimes they think first without, well, sometimes they react without thinking first. Like, just because they want to do the right thing, and so they don't think about it through. They're just like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna do it. But... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays in with a girl. And the fact that, I mean, we've kind of, from what we've seen and what we've heard, you know, it kind of gets teased that Gabby's going to get attached to her. And so to see kind of how that dynamic might be different than, say, Louie because she is a teenager. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, but so that's everything from... Chicago Fire 607 titled A Man's Legacy. Guys, do you have any kind of general thoughts? Did you like this episode? Did you hate it? Did you love it? What'd you think?
1: I liked it. I just, you know, don't ever leave us that long again. Fire, we missed you.
0: Yeah. Ashley, what'd you think?
1: I liked it. It was a good start back up.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I just, I'm curious to see how the kind of next four, because from what we've seen, I think Derek was the one who said, you know, they had five when they came back, and then they go on another hiatus for the Olympics, so kind of to see how these next four go and how they all, those stories kind of intertwine and whatever, um, yeah, I'm very curious to see. I did the calculations the other day, and I think when they come back from the Olympics is the 100th episode. For PD. Uh, for PD. So it'd be like the crossover. Interesting. Sweet. That'll be good. Yeah. And so like how will the last episode before the hiatus set up the that crossover? Yeah. So there's just a lot of things that I'm looking forward to in these next like little bunch of episodes. Um, but yeah, I agree. This was a good start back. But I also agree two months was a very long time to go
1: without it. Thankfully- in the middle of the
0: season. Summer I understand. But in the middle of the season, I was like, wait,
1: what? Right. No, that, that sucked. But thankfully, the Olympics are only two weeks.
0: Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. God, because if I had to go more than that,
1: the struggle would be real. Please not again. We've suffered enough.
0: Yeah. But so, yeah, like I said, that's it for Chicago Fire 607. Um, as always, you can find us on all forms of social media. We're at, me to some, at Molly's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr. Um, you can find us you can always email us your thoughts at meet us at mollies at gmail.com. You can find us individually on Twitter. Um, I'm at Brianna K13, Gina. At Gina Watches TV. And Ashley. At AshNakeO95. So yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with more med and PD and fire. Um yeah, we should be back on a kind of a normal, what we're hoping is going to be a normal release schedule. Um, med on Med and PD coming out on Fridays. And Fire coming out on Mondays. But just make sure you stay tuned to our Twitter because that's where all the like current updates and current schedule will be posted. Um, so yeah, but until the next time, we will talk to you guys later. Bye.